Welcome to Talk Healthy to Me. I'm your host, Brindley Joyner, and on this podcast, we chat about living healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. From fitness to relationships to business, we really cover it all. Let's get into it. Hey guys, happy Monday, and welcome back to the podcast. I am Brindley Joyner. If you're new here, if you're not new here, welcome back. But basically, yeah, I talk about all things healthy lifestyle, wellness, all the things on here. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about how our environment shapes us. I wanted to talk about this because I was thinking about it while I was tanning today, actually, and I had something else planned, but this just was really heavy in my mind. And I was like, you know what? I want to dive into this topic today. So we did a quick change and we're going to talk about this, but it sparked when I was thinking about my past trip to Costa Rica. And then I trailed back to my past trip to Hawaii when we lived in Hawaii for three months and just different places I've lived that have brought out different versions of me and have brought out, I don't know, just living in a different way with a different perspective and a different routine and different habits and just overall different. And the main thing that I was thinking about when I was laying out in my backyard tanning today, thinking about this whole topic and what I wanted to talk to you guys about on this topic, I was thinking about how when I was in Costa Rica for two weeks, I lived a certain way, right? I was barefoot a lot of the time. I barely ever put makeup on. If anything, it was a little bit of mascara. I only brought a few shorts and a few tank tops, and I just wore kind of the same stuff over those two weeks. It was a very minimal way of living. Whenever we wanted to cook at home, we would go down to the local grocery store and get just what we needed for that meal. Um, It was just very, yeah, minimal is the best word I can think to describe it. And when I was there, I remember looking at Lucas and we had this conversation. We were like, we want to adapt some of these habits when we get back to Florida and keep these habits going because we love living like this. It feels good. It feels right. It feels true. And we want to do this more when we go back to our home. And now fast forward, it's been a few weeks since we've been back and I haven't really been living that way. I've put on makeup, quite a bit of makeup the past couple of days. Um, We have done two massive grocery shops where we spent a lot and bought probably enough groceries to last the whole week each time and just kind of went back to our old way of life in Florida, which neither one of those is bad, but it's what brought up this topic of discussion in my head. And that is how much the environment that you're in shapes the way you live. And I can't be too hard on myself because even though we wanted to adapt some of those habits that we were living with in Costa Rica, that's not necessarily the reality in Florida, where in Costa Rica, all we had to do is take our ATV down the hill to the local grocery store and grab stuff real quick and then go right back up. Um, In Florida, it's a little bit different. Like a grocery shop takes a little bit more effort and you don't really want to get in your car and drive there every single day. It's just different. It's a different way of life. And that's the point of this is wherever you are in this moment and wherever you've been in the past, if they're different environments, you're going to probably live different ways. And it's really easy in the moment to not recognize the way your environment is shaping you. Because let's say back when I lived in Hawaii, we also were living a completely different lifestyle there and didn't even fully notice it because we just are malleable as humans and we adapt to the environment that we're in. And then you don't realize it until you get back to a place that's different than the place you were in. And you're like, wow, I'm not living the same way. Something feels different now. And so what I want to do going forward and what I hope I can inspire you guys to do as well is to just be aware of the ways your environment is shaping you. Not necessarily saying one is right or wrong or good or bad, but just being aware and taking kind of inventory of the habits you're living in in the environment that you're in and thinking, okay, is this a habit that I am doing intentionally and I'm okay with and I'm happy with and I know is making me a better, happier, healthier human? 
or maybe I could adapt to something different and shift this a little bit because that's actually not a habit I wanna keep doing. So with that being said, I wanna start on what is your environment? When I say your environment shapes you, okay, great, sounds good, but what actually is your environment? So your environment can be a physical place. It can be your house, your apartment, where you live basically, or you can think of an environment as your state that you live in, your country that you live in. So the part of the world that you're living in right now in this time. It can be your work environment where you show up every day to work. It can be where you show up to go to school every day. So think any place that you spend a lot of your time, whether it's school, work, home, or you can have a larger view of it as in the state you live in, your country. And then within those physical places, you can take it a little bit deeper and think, okay, within my workplace, what am I seeing every day? What am I hearing? What do I feel when I'm at work? Um, at my home? What is my home life like? What do I see, hear, and feel there? So yes, you can look at the like outer actual physical place, but you can also look inwardly and think of what's going on within you, like your own environment of your body and your mind when you're in that physical place. So your environment has many facets. So why does our environment shape us so much and affect us so much? I'm sure a lot of you have heard the quote, we are byproducts of our environment. And that is so true in my head. I think our environment affects us and shapes us so much because how could it not? What you're living in, what you see, hear, and feel all around you every day is going to have a huge impact on really everything about you, how you perform, how you behave, um, if you feel happy, if you feel sad, how you talk, how you dress. All of those environmental factors are going to shape you, especially if you spend a good chunk of time in that environment. So when you're talking about the environment that you grew up in, say you lived in the same town, in the same house, your whole 20 years of life or 18 years of life until you graduated and moved away, that's going to have a massive impact on the person that you became. Um, For me, some of you may know a little bit of my story, but I grew up moving pretty much every two years. My dad was in the military, so I have a bit of a different um, experience with environments. My environment changed all the time, and I'm really grateful for that for some reasons, but I also know that maybe if I would have stayed in a place a little bit longer, I would have had some more positive impacts on having a solid community and just little things like that. So you can find in quotes, good or bad things on whatever your environmental upbringing was. But I think we can all agree that looking back on your life and your past and your history, the environment that you grew up in definitely shaped who you are now. Um, I have a quote I'm going to share with you guys on this. It's by Ingrid Lee. And the quote is, if your environment makes you feel stable, balanced, and grounded. You're more likely to feel confident taking measured risks and exploring new opportunities. Other people may notice your calm, unhurried demeanor and be drawn to you. And I love that quote. And I think that is a beautiful quote to encompass what your environment can do for you in a really positive way. But I think the opposite is true too. If you're living in an environment that you don't feel stable and you feel unsafe, you feel stressed, you feel cluttered, disorganized, sad, whatever, that's also going to affect your behavior. It's going to affect the way you act, the way you treat people. And it's ultimately going to have an impact on the way people are not drawn to you or the opposite of what that quote was talking about. So while we're on the topic of past environments, I kind of wanted to go back into history and I don't know, relive some of my own environments in the past and share them with you and share how they kind of affected me. So we'll start with my home life when my dad actually retired. 
So like I said, growing up when I was a young kid and a baby, we were moving like every two years. And some of it I remember, some of it I don't. But my dad did retire when we moved to Florida. So that is where I spent the most of my time, like in quotes, growing up. Um, That's the most home of a place I ever had. Um, And he retired when we moved there. I was in middle school and he retired. So I spent middle school and high school in Florida in the same town. And I've shared some of this in previous episodes and a little bit on YouTube and everything too. But I kind of did grow up with a pretty unstable environment when I was a kid. One, because of all the moving around. But two, my parents actually got divorced when I was in high school. And they had the actual divorce when I was in high school. But leading up to it, There was a lot that went down, I mean, ever since I can remember. And if you come from a divorced family, you know the instability that comes from your parents splitting up is like no other. It feels like everything you've believed in and trusted and felt safe about is kind of ripped in half. And depending on what age that time happened for you, It definitely shapes your experience with it. But I was in high school when they actually got divorced, like I said. So I was definitely old enough to understand and to hear the fights and to see what was really happening for the years and years before the actual divorce happened. And my parents' story is not my story to tell, so I'm not going to get into the details of everything. But I will tell you my interpretation of that and how that type of environment really did affect me. I was confused. I was scared. I felt unsafe. I felt unsure. I didn't ever want to believe in love again. I didn't really want to trust anyone in general ever again for a while. And for a while, I was so mad and bitter and angry, but at the same time, heartbroken for my parents, knowing that, yeah, I'm going through it as the kid, but they're going through it as actual, like a married couple that is now splitting up. They're going through something a lot deeper than what I'm experiencing, or that's what I thought. So I felt this guilt for being mad, but at the same time felt so incredibly heartbroken for each of them. And one thing I know that really did shape me was the years leading up to the divorce, the fights that would go on and just the way our household functioned. And I am the oldest sibling. I I have a younger brother. So feeling like I had to kind of be the strong one and protect or just have this hard shell, but then internally be so terrified of a fight happening and be so scared and on edge and just, yeah, it definitely shapes you. And that's just a bit of my childhood. And I had so many amazing memories too. I'm not saying it was all terrible. My parents did everything they could to give me a great childhood and love me well and support me and all that. And I actually have a really good relationship with both of them now. And now years and years and years after the divorce happened, I see my mom in such a different way. And I see her strength and her beauty and everything that she went through and raising two kids and doing it kind of alone most of the time, honestly. So it's just, this is just like a side tangent note, but it is really beautiful if you are a kid that's going through a divorce, or if you're a parent that's going through a divorce listening to this, it's painful and hurtful in the moment, of course. So painful, and it sometimes almost feels unbearable, but there is so much beauty that comes on the other side of it, and I can say this firsthand. Looking back now, I know that it was the best decision for my parents, and I'm able to have a healthy relationship with both of them now, and love them and see all the strength that they had through the midst of it. 
Um, yeah, but that's just a little side tangent. I wanted to touch on that for anybody that can relate to that or just needed to hear that as well. So that was a little bit of my experience with how my environment shaped me growing up. Like I said, it gave me trust issues. It made me a little bit fearful. It made me kind of have this facade of I'm okay. I'm hard and strong and I don't really have the emotions, but then underneath that mask, I was like falling apart. And that translated to how I handled any conflict in my life going forward too. I would just put this mask on and try to look strong and okay and just kind of shove my emotions down, which now fast forward, I'm really having to work through that and change my ways because that isn't a healthy way to live. But on the flip side, I can see that it did make me actually strong and know that I can get through things and know that on the other side of things, it takes time and patience and a lot of inner work, but you can find beauty in any environment that you grew up in in any season because it ultimately is a teaching tool. So that was middle school and high school. Let's fast forward to my first year of college. I ended up going to the University of Alabama and I did rush and I lived in the dorms that a lot of the sorority girls lived in their first year, which if you know, you know, it's called Tutwiler. And Tutwiler, let me tell you, she was interesting. Basically, you had a very tiny cubicle with two single beds against the wall, one tiny desk, two super, super tiny closets. I don't even know if you could call them closets. They were like cabinets. And then you had a community bathroom with toilets and showers and mirrors and sinks that you shared with everybody else on your floor. Oh my gosh. And this environment was Unlike anything I'd experienced in my life, it was an absolute wake-up call. So the first experience that I was talking about in middle school and high school, that was more of a, of course it was happening outward to me, but I was talking about more of how it was like affecting me on the inside. This experience at college now is more of like my outward environment, like the actual dorm that I was living in. That's what I'm talking about here. So this dorm was cluttered all the time. It was dark. We had one tiny window, but I remember it would never even let any sunlight in. It was dark. The lights in there were this ugly yellow color. It was rough, you guys. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it or anything. It was fun while it lasted. It was quite the experience and it did teach me a lot, but it was not lovely whatsoever. I remember being sick all the time because I'm pretty sure there was mold growing in there because it was a super, super old building. The lights would always flicker. The community bathrooms were disgusting. People would come home from parties and get sick in them. And there was always just a bunch of naked people in there. And it just, oh my gosh, it was crazy thinking back on how we live. I got paired with a random roommate, which is terrifying, but she ended up being incredible and became one of my best friends throughout college. So I got super lucky with that. But there was a lot of girls that had terrible experiences with being paired with someone that they ended up not getting along with whatsoever, having psycho stories with them and just craziness. But I came to college with all this clutter and all these clothes and my room was just a wreck nonstop, which reflected in my schoolwork, my social life, my mindset overall. I would just say I was chaotic, cluttered, and all over the place. And like I said, when I was explaining my middle school and high school kind of upbringing too, I'm not just trying to sit here and absolutely dog on everything from that season of my life because in each season of my life, no matter what the environment was, I could find good. I think my mom really instilled that so well in me young that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, you can make it fun and you can make it work and you can find the beauty in everything. So don't get me wrong. I loved parts of that fun little dorm and all the hilarious memories that would come out of it. But 
at the same time, reflecting back now, I can see the correlation between having a very tiny, dusty, cluttered, disorganized dorm room and how it affected just how I functioned as a human with everything, with school, with, you know, all the things I already said. Okay, the next environment that I embarked on was actually the world race. And I've talked about this a little bit, but if you are new here and you haven't heard, I took a gap year after my first year of college and it's called the world race. And basically you travel to multiple different countries and you show up and you live with a host family in each country and you serve the people there in whatever way they need you. And so we got the honor and privilege of traveling to Thailand, Cambodia, Colombia, and Ecuador. And so my environment was absolutely chaotic for this race. Let me walk you quickly through each country. Colombia, we were living in a house that was right on the street. Basically, you're walking down this really busy street and then you get to this side door. You open this door and it's a wooden door with creaks all in it, a hole in it. You open the door and then it is kind of this rundown. It almost felt kind of abandoned um, and it was a big massive room with a couple bunk beds and then one really hard rubbery mattress thing. I'm not sure. I think it was a mattress. Basically, I ended up sharing that mattress or bed, whatever it was, with another girl and we just put our sleeping bags on each side of it and that was our bed for a month there. And so this was a room that was underneath the spot that we were working at. So we were working at a homeless shelter, a restoration house, and a kids camp for learning English and soccer here. So we were living underneath that in this type of basement room thing. One night we had someone drunk broke in with a motorcycle busted down or busted through the door. I was asleep when it happened, but I woke up to the chaos of it, which was absolutely terrifying. He was yelling stuff that we couldn't understand and it just didn't really feel that safe at all. Um, One night we woke up to a massive rat running around and all the girls are screaming. Someone's trying to get it. It was also terrifying in a new way. Um, It's laughable right now, but honestly, in the midst of it, it was really, really difficult to live there. We also, a lot of the people on my team got sick from parasites and from drinking water that wasn't clean. And yeah, the environment going from a college in America or your home in America to a place that just felt so different and foreign. And at the time, I think I was 18 or 19, but it was completely different to me. And it was scary and new and an absolute learning experience. And what was cool about this environment was that my job there was to serve. My job wasn't to be this athlete or sorority girl or college student or whatever. My job was literally to show up and serve. So this environment actually really humbled me and taught me a lot to be able to do that job as well as I could. So looking back now, if maybe if I was in this environment and I was trying to be the best cheerleader on my team at my high school or something, it probably would not have helped me that much. It probably would have been really hard to thrive living in that environment. But because I was a missionary and I was literally there just to be humbled and to serve the people around me, it really helped me to look at my job from a different perspective. And it definitely grew me a lot. I quickly realized that hot water was never going to happen. We had cold water coming from kind of this like hose out of 
the top of the wall as our shower. I also realized that toilet paper was a luxury because we were running out. There was like 12 girls trying to share a roll for this whole month. <laughs> and we ran out of that all the time. Um, little things that I just took for granted in America, I quickly realized I couldn't take those for granted anymore now. They were an absolute luxury in this new environment that I was experiencing, which was really cool and completely shaped me going forward. The next place was Ecuador, and we were living in a pretty cool house um, at the time, but the twist of the story was we were living in a house that didn't have any furniture. So we brought our tents and our sleeping bags in and our suitcases. And we lived on the floor of this house in a normal neighborhood in Ecuador. Um, no AC, bugs everywhere, no fridge, no laundry, nothing like that. Literally just an empty house. And we lived out of our stuff on the floor there, which again was a whole new experience. It felt safer and a little bit cleaner and I guess a bit more comfortable than the other place, but it definitely taught us a lot there too. Um, and then the next place was Thailand. And in Thailand, at first, we were living in a restoration home for children that had gotten out of trafficking and they were rescued. And now they were learning how to speak English, how to learn math, um, how to learn different cooking and cleaning skills, things that could help them get back on their feet as they grew up and graduated at 18. And here, I would say it was the best experience we had with an environment on the world race. We were living kind of in a campground bedroom, so it had bunk beds, it was clean, it had two functioning bathrooms, it had a little mini kitchen we could buy our own food and cook at, and let me tell you, my mood changed drastically here. Just having a kitchen where I could cook my own meals and sit and sip coffee and read my Bible and read my book and just have alone time and have like peace and quiet there was awesome. So that environment definitely sparked my hope and sparked my motivation to, I don't know, just live a little bit happier. And then on the off days and the rest days from the mission work we were doing, I truly enjoyed being there. I remember just being excited to go on a walk and explore the town. And yeah, that environment, just having little things like functioning toilets and a little kitchen. They definitely boosted my mood a little bit. And then the next place was Cambodia and I struggled in Cambodia. I got really sick in Cambodia actually and I ended up going home a little bit early because of it. Um, I had multiple parasites, I had salmonella and I had E. coli. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard that story, but if you're new here, yep, I went through all of that. But in Cambodia, we lived on a rooftop of this building in the middle of nowhere, and we lived in tents on the rooftop. And we had a very thin, like one inch sleeping pad in our tent on top of concrete, and then, yeah, the tent. So that was very interesting. But what I will say is we got to go to bed after seeing the sunset on top of this rooftop every night and we got to wake up to birds chirping and a sunrise and in my tent I had a little corner that I kept everything really organized. I had my book, my phone, um, a little snack bag, my journal and just things that made me feel more at home in this tent and just cultivating any type of little environment there um, made me feel a little better and at home even through all the sickness. But I lived so minimally here. I mean so minimally. For food, we had a chef that was cooking bulk meals for the team, so we never had to really worry about what we were going to eat. It wasn't really a thought in our mind. And then on our off days, we could always go out and explore and try new places on the streets. But during the day, it was a total switch because I no longer had to think about going to get groceries or what was I going to eat that day and stuff like that. 
Um, and then clothes, like I said, the whole world race, we were living out of a backpack basically, um, with like six shirts and a couple pairs of shorts and like two pairs of shoes. So that was minimal. Um, I had my journal, I had my Bible and I had a book and that was it. And those are my only real belongings. I had music and headphones too, but really just finding joy in all the little things there and living so minimally definitely changed me in the sense that when I came back to America, I was completely overwhelmed by grocery stores of how many options I had of different things to get. I was overwhelmed by my own room back home. And I was like, oh my gosh, why do I have so much stuff in here? Just everything that was in excess or in surplus completely overwhelmed me when I came back from living in an environment that was so minimal for so long. And it made me want to find a good in the middle. Obviously, it wasn't sustainable for me to be back in America and be living in a tent anymore, and nor did I really want to. It was very challenging to do that for two months, but I also didn't want to go back to living the exact way I used to live in America. I wanted to let that experience and that environment change me, so I tried to minimize a little bit, donate stuff, get rid of stuff that I didn't wear, didn't need anymore when I got back home, and just find more of a balance and more of an in-between. My next environment or change of environment was in Atlanta. So after the world race, I went to Georgia State. I went back to college there and I first lived in an apartment with two other girls, which became some of my closest friends there as well too. I've always had a really good experience with roommates and this apartment was awesome. I lived on this loft room upstairs. So the apartment had two levels and I had the loft upstairs, which was like the biggest, nicest area I had lived in pretty much all of my life. It was nicer than my room back home. And I just felt very motivated there. I was going to school. I was making new friends. There was so much newness in the city and I felt really good for a while. I will say throughout living there, I got pretty cluttered and disorganized and I felt kind of bad for my roommates because they were really clean and organized and I just was not. And I think the big thing for me was I would procrastinate on things I knew I needed to do in my room or whatever. Like I would procrastinate on doing my laundry and just let it pile up or I would procrastinate on putting away my laundry or I would make a big mess when I was doing my makeup and I would forget to clean it up because I was rushing and then I would procrastinate to clean it up for weeks. And so my room just got messy there quickly. So my environment was kind of cluttered a lot of the times. And I was in college, I was busy, I was going to classes and trying to be social and all of this. So I'll give myself grace. But I do know that if I would have lived a bit more organized there, I feel like I would have been more organized in school and lived a little bit more stress-free, I guess. I will say in the winter here though, my the main window in our apartment looked at a train station and in the winter we didn't get like any sunlight in there and I remember it being kind of dark and gloomy and feeling the weight of that a lot of days in the winter in Atlanta. It would rain all the time. It was cold. It was dark. And I remember that totally affecting my mood. And so as the seasons would change there, my mood just changed with them and my mental health and my happiness changed with them too. But I will say when I moved to a different apartment in Atlanta, I moved to a loft and this loft had massive windows that always had light coming in. It was right on the Beltline, which is a fun little strip where people are always out walking and running and biking and so much activity going on. And right when you walk down from the apartment, you can go to a really cool shopping and restaurant area. So it was a whole different vibe. And I remember my mental health absolutely changing when I lived in that apartment. So even seeing the different type of apartment you live in, one, I was cluttered, disorganized, and felt a lot of 
kind of heaviness and sadness, especially in the wintertime because of just the dark and the gloom versus this new apartment that I felt very motivated. I saw people running and walking. I saw a lot of sunlight. It was an open living plan, like an open, not living plan, open floor plan. So that even just felt like more open and gave me a lot of creative space to decorate and everything. And I was living there alone, which I absolutely adored my roommates. But I think I did enjoy living alone just because I could really have my me time and have my quiet and peace too. Okay, fast forward to the LA apartment. After Lucas and I got married, we lived in the Atlanta apartment for a little bit and it was just so small for both of us. It was perfect when I was living alone, perfect amount of space. But with both of us, especially a boy that is loud and bigger and I don't know, it was just, it felt very crammed with two of us. Um, And so we decided we were going to move to LA for a little bit. And you guys, when we moved to LA, we had no idea what we were doing. We packed up moved across the country and stayed in a hotel. Like we had no idea where to stay. I didn't even know what part of LA we wanted to live in. We just got there and said, we'll figure it out when we get there. And so we started looking at apartments and we looked at a few. They all felt really cool and fun and exciting, but we ran into the issue of a lot of the apartments needed to see your monthly income and they wanted to see that you could make three times the amount of rent. And we were not making that much at all at this time. And so we really couldn't get accepted into a lot of the apartments until we came across one that didn't ask for anything. We were so surprised. We were like, let's just try this. I know it's probably out of our budget. They're not going to accept us, but let's just go see anyways. And they were like, okay, yeah, you could literally have it by uh, two days from now. And we don't need to see any of your income statements. We were like, what on earth? And so coincidentally, it ended up being one of the most expensive apartments that we had toured. It was totally out of our budget and out of our price range, but something in us, when we walked into this apartment, we felt so incredibly motivated and inspired, and we wanted to work hard and make it work. Like We just felt this inclination to be here, and we looked at each other, and we are like, we have to do it. And so we took a huge risk by signing with this apartment because we didn't even have enough in our savings to finish out this 12 month lease if we didn't make any more money there. And so it was really risky and it was honestly scary. And I'm not giving any financial advice because what we did, I'll just say it, it was probably dumb in a lot of people's eyes. Like we could not afford this by the books, by what all the financial advisors would tell you. But we took a risk and we signed the apartment. And within being there, we doubled, almost tripled our monthly income just because we were so motivated to do life, to do work, to go out, to meet people, to make connections, to network, to be a part of events, and to grow our companies. And it did that for us. The environment change of this apartment seriously changed our lives. And like I said, I'm not giving you advice to do this. The last thing I want is for anybody to take something I say and go do the exact same thing and think that it's going to be the exact same thing for you. I just am sharing my experience in my story here. That's all. But let me tell you why. So you walk into this apartment. It is on the top level. So it was on the sixth floor of this apartment complex. 
and you walk in and it has massive windows that light up the entire apartment, like the best natural lighting, which is huge for me because I'm very affected by sunlight or lack of it. It had a little patio that you could sit out for your coffee and a view of the mountains and the sunset. Then it had a patio for a mini gym that we ended up putting on there. So every morning we could wake up and go straight into our workout on this gym. It had an office so we could sit and do our own work from there. We didn't have to go to a coffee shop or do like a WeWork or anything like that. It had a gorgeous cozy kitchen that I was so excited to make healthy recipes in. And I'm not kidding, when we opened the doors and saw this place for the first time, I literally fell to my knees on the floor. I was like, Lucas, are you kidding me? Like, this is stunning. And I just remember that excitement. It literally gives me little butterflies thinking about it because I just, in that moment, I just wanted to make it work so bad. And I knew that if we signed with that and took the massive risk of moving into this apartment, regardless of how much we were making at that time, then our backs were against the wall and we really had to work our butts off to make it work. And it was weird because without a doubt in our mind, we both just said yes to it. And I think that was the first time I noticed that we actually really believed in ourselves and we believed in the work that we could put in and the dreams that we had with our companies. And we truly believed in, yeah, our dreams, which was awesome. And this was the first place that I felt really proud to be in. I felt really proud to wake up in, excited to wake up and get to work and wake up and work out. I just felt, honestly, for the first time in my life, just truly like alive and excited to wake up here. This environment motivated me more than I had ever felt in my life. I think when we talk about motivation, you know, you think it's kind of a spark or a video you watch or a song that comes on or just something that you get excited for like in an instant. But this was a different type of motivation that I had ever felt. It was simply by waking up. When I woke up and saw the natural light coming into this apartment, I was like, oh, we're taking on the day. It was wild. And I want to make something super clear because I'm just thinking in my head the fact that this was an expensive apartment in our eyes at the time that's not the reason why necessarily it was so motivating. And I don't want anybody listening to this to be like, well, I can't afford an apartment like that. So I am never going to be that motivated. No, that's definitely not it at all. I had that motivation in Cambodia when I was living in a tent, just by keeping my tent organized and making sure I watched the sunset and watched the sunrise on top of that rooftop. I had that motivation. It was just different. And my purpose there was completely different than my purpose in LA at the time. So I don't want anybody listening to think like, well, unless I get a very well-lit, beautiful LA apartment, I'm not going to do great things. I'm not going to be motivated. No, that's not it at all. I think where you are in your environment and choosing your environment and cultivating your environment has a lot to do with your purpose and what you're doing in life. Like I couldn't be living in that apartment when I was a college student. I had to live in that dorm. I couldn't be living in that apartment when I was on the world race. My job was to serve and to be on a mission there. So it all depends on like what stage of life you're in and what you're working on and your purpose in that stage of life. I just think it's crazy and beautiful how I've experienced, you know, living in a tent versus living in this new apartment. And I can find beauty in both of them. And I can see how each one totally impacted me in a really great way. And both of them taught me so much and grew me as a person. So wherever you are, what environment you're in, I don't want to say all this to make you long for a better environment. I'm saying 
be aware of the ways that that environment might be shaping you negatively and then change those ways, but also be aware of what you can learn in that environment you're in right now. Because if we're constantly wishing for the fancy apartment or the new space or whatever, we're going to miss out on what we're learning in that environment. And I wouldn't take back any environment of my entire life. I'm so glad for all the lessons I learned in each. But with this apartment, as I transitioned into an entrepreneur and trying to start all of the social media stuff and trying to embark on my career, it definitely impacted me to be in a place that truly made me feel excited and inspired and motivated just by simply waking up. So now that you've heard kind of a backstory on past environments that I've lived in and experienced and what I've learned from all of them and everything, I want to talk about how to change your environment if you realize that maybe I can change parts of this to help me live as a better version of myself. Because right now, the environment that I'm living in, there's definitely things that I know aren't contributing to the life that I want to live, and I have the power to change them. So how do I? But, but, but real quick, before we get into that, this just popped into my head. I also want to say that the people that are in your environment have a massive impact. And honestly, I might need to do a whole other podcast episode on that because the people that you surround yourself with totally affect you and impact you. And they're a part of your environment. Your physical apartment, if you have roommates, they completely impact you, whether it's for good or for bad. Um, your home family life, those people completely impact you. So that's just another thing to be aware of as well. But like I said, that needs to be a different podcast episode because I could go at a side tangent for like an hour on that. But let's get into how to change your environment. So I think the first thing is you want to identify what you're tolerating right now or just the defaults that you're living with that maybe that's just always how it's been. Um, maybe it seemed like too hard or difficult to change. So you're just dealing with it, but you're not happy with these things and you're just kind of allowing them. So I want you to identify those. And if you have your notes, maybe start writing some of these things down because these, these will be good to look back on after the episode to actually make some tangible changes and work towards that. But for instance, these can be super small things. Like let's go from the smallest scale. Um, your alarm clock when you wake up in the morning. So you have an alarm set for 6.30 to go to school or to go to work. Maybe it's a super annoying sounding alarm. And every time you hear it, you wake up scattered, mad, angry. It just is like a beep, 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 like that loud. And that's just the default setting on your phone. So you've never changed it. Simple, little, but maybe by changing it to something more calming or something that doesn't make you wake up to stress, that can totally affect the way you go into your day after that. That's just one small example. Okay, another one. This might not be possible for everyone, so I recognize that, but if it is possible for you, the color of the walls of where you're living. So if you're renting, like I said, that might be kind of hard, but if you are able to talk to your landlord or if you own a place or something, the colors of your walls can have a huge impact on you. Say your wall is a dark, musty gray or brown or, I don't know, just like a darker color and you feel like the room is kind of small, you feel like it's dark and gloomy and just not motivating, that is something that you could change easily that might have a big impact on you without you even knowing it. Say you paint it a bright like yellow pastel or a bright white color or cream or something and put a plant in there or just 
do something, a little environmental change in your room to make you enjoy being present in there and just sitting in there. Okay, or maybe you can't change the color of the wall. So maybe it has to stay like dark gray. Maybe you want to add, like I said, a plant and a pretty painting in there. And that will just change so much for you just by walking in there and knowing that you did a little something to make it more enjoyable. Another example is a shower head. This is a really simple one in your bathroom. Say you moved into an apartment or a house and the shower head is super low pressure. We all know how annoying that can be when it just kind of trickles down and it is not high pressure at all in your head. I hope someone can relate with this, but that drives me crazy when I go to like a hotel or something and the water pressure just, I've got thick long hair, okay? And if that thing isn't absolutely jetting out onto my scalp, I'm not getting all the shampoo out. (laughs) So that's one thing that I know when I move into somewhere, I can change that if I don't like it. So that's not something I have to tolerate. I can actually make a change and you can get a new shower head for like 20 bucks and change that really quickly, really simply. But it's little things like that. And like I said, it can be little or it can be big. Maybe you're tolerating a person in your life that just brings you down and is negative. And for some reason, they've just always been around. They've always stuck around and you don't know why you're tolerating them, but you realize in this moment, I don't have to tolerate that anymore. I don't have to spend time with someone that only brings me down and only talks negatively to me. I can actually change that about my environment. So yeah, that's the first step. Identify those things that you're tolerating or that have just always been there, but you know that you could change them to make your life a little bit better. Your defaults, I guess, to life. And of course, the next step would be to actually take action to change those things. Sometimes it can be changed in an instant. Sometimes it can take months or a year to change, but just taking steps to make changes to those things to know that it's gonna bring out a more peaceful and better version of you. Okay, the next step, this is for like a physical environment as in your room or your workspace, your office, whatever. It's to fill your space with little reminders of how you want to live and exist as the healthiest, happiest, highest version of yourself. So that can be a sticky note on your mirror saying you're beautiful. That might sound cheesy, but I mean, that really works for some people. And I think it's so cute. That can mean maybe painting your wall a certain color that is your favorite color. So every time you walk in there, you're reminded to just be happy and to appreciate the little things. Maybe it's... um let's see, getting a painting done of a dog you love or maybe of a place you traveled to that you want to remember how you lived there. For me, maybe it could be a painting of Thailand and I can remember all the little habits that I had there that I loved. And just by walking into my room now, when I see that painting, I'm instantly reminded of all those things that I want to remember and I can do to help me live as my healthiest version of myself. So yeah, anything that reminds you, maybe it's a picture frame of someone you love, your spouse and you or your mom and you or your dad and you, whatever. Um, just anything that you can walk into your office or into your bedroom and be instantly reminded of something beautiful in your life or some way that you want to live beautifully or just exist in general. (laughs) The next step is to declutter. When I was talking about my Atlanta apartments, this is something that I definitely could have done better. I could have decluttered a lot more. I mean, I had a closet full of clothes that I never really wore. Um, I stuck to basics pretty much there the whole time I was there. And so I had all these crazy dresses from college and everything that I knew I wasn't going to wear, never wore, but for some reason felt like I had to have them in my closet there. So decluttering the things that just don't add value to your life. I think a good rule of thumb is go in your closet. If you haven't worn something in the past three weeks, um, donate it, give it to a friend, do something different with it because clearly you're not interested in that item anymore. And obviously 
you have like your summer and your winter items. So you can have maybe a box of your winter sweaters that you keep under your bed or something. You don't have to look at them every day, but you have them for when winter comes. That's not what I'm talking about. But you know, just decluttering the things that you know you're really not getting any use out of. Um, same goes for in your house too. Maybe you have clutter of random knickknacks, things you've picked up while you're traveling, um, pillows that just you've cluttered your couch with. I don't know. Anything random in your house that doesn't really have a reason to be there can be seen as clutter. And I promise you, if you start decluttering, you are going to love the way your space looks. I know it's scary. I know you don't want to let go of anything, but it's life-changing. And a good trick for this, if you are scared of decluttering and throwing things out or donating it, get a box, fill that box with the things you think might be clutter, but maybe you're too afraid to let go of them yet. Put them in the box and wait like two months, like hide the box away in your attic or whatever. And if you don't think about those items at all or miss them, then take that box to Goodwill and just donate them because then you know that they're still there if you need them for those two months. But once you realize like, wow, I actually didn't think anything of these and I actually like my space better without them, then it's easier to let go of them. My next tip is to do small daily actions to upkeep your environment. So at your house or your apartment, wherever you live, I like to do 20 minutes at nighttime of just a quick tidy so that when I wake up in the morning, I know that I took that little effort to make it nice for when I wake up. So I'll take 20 minutes, I'll put on a quick podcast or just a playlist of good songs and I'll do the dishes, I'll fold the laundry, I'll vacuum, I'll do any little tidy that I know my future me would love to wake up to that being done so that I don't have to pile that on my daily to-do list the next day. And that's just such a nice little act of self-care and really helps me to keep my space clean and organized. It's just a small tidy. And if you do that every single night or every single day, whenever it is for you, that's going to help you to long-term just form those habits and make it to where you're not really a person that leaves clutter and leaves messes because you're constantly picking up after yourself and making sure that every single day that's a staple that you are keeping it clean and keeping it tidy and keeping it organized. And I always say this, but an organized space means an organized mind and an organized life. And that is so true. When I'm in in a place that I'm keeping tidy and clean, I am much clearer in my head. I have a much clearer vision of my purpose that day. And I just ultimately feel better throughout the day. And then the last little tip I wanna say on this, I think we've talked a bit about eliminating the negative things in your life or in your environment, but I think it's also important to talk about adding positive and good things as well. So as much as you're going to get rid of clutter, get rid of negative people in your life, get rid of, not get rid of them, but distance maybe, that sounded really bad, Um, or just not tolerate their negativity in your life anymore, you can also think about adding positive things. So once you declutter Add back in things that make you happy, that bring you joy. Create a little ambiance in the room, like light a candle, light an essential oil diffuser. Um, Get that piece of artwork that you've had your eyes on that makes you feel happy when you walk into your kitchen. Do the little things that you know are going to make you feel motivated in your space and make you feel like you've really cultivated a space that is a happy place for you, a safe place for you, a peaceful place for you, Um, because those things matter. And they may seem small and insignificant, but once you start doing little things for yourself and for your space like that, it changes you. It changes your outlook and it changes your day-to-day. I truly believe that. So I hope all of these little tips um, help you. I hope that you can take one or two of them and apply them to your life. And 
it was a little bit hard to get vulnerable at the beginning, but it is truly like free therapy for me to be able to come on here and chat with you guys and share parts of my story. So I just hope that I make someone else feel a little bit less alone in whatever they've gone through in their family or past life or anything, um, past life. (laughs) That's also not what I meant. Well, I'm worried jumbling right now. I meant just in your past in general. I hope someone feels a little bit less alone by sharing parts of my life as well. That's all. So thank you guys for tuning in for another episode. I really hope you could take something away from this. Your weekly challenge for this episode is to take inventory of the things that you're tolerating or the things that you're just allowing that you know aren't really benefiting you in your environment. So first off, like pick your environment, if it's your room or your office or your social life or whatever, take inventory of what you're tolerating that you know just shouldn't really be there anymore and make a plan to declutter in any way that you can. And then the next point of it is to add something joyful, peaceful, or beautiful back into your life in place of that to make it a happier and healthier environment. So that's a loaded one, but take inventory, declutter, and then add something beautiful. I hope that that helps you guys. I hope you can embark on that little challenge this week. Let me know in Instagram tags on your story. If you're doing that or if you're listening, I love to connect with you guys on there and DM back and forth. Um, And yeah, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. I have so much love for you guys in this community on the podcast and a huge thank you to everybody that consistently tunes in and supports this podcast. It means the absolute world. Also, just like every other episode, I want to just let you know and remind you, especially if you're new here, that I do have two of my own brands. One is Honey Swim. It's our swim company. And then two is Kaizos. And we have a gut-friendly sleepy time cocoa mix. And then we also have a grass-fed collagen. So those are the two supplements that we have right now. We're always working on new stuff, but right now that is it. And all of my podcast fam has a special discount in the show notes. So if you want to use that or check out any of those products, the links will be in the description. And again, that's just for the podcast fam. So go check those out if you're interested. All right. Talk to you next Monday. Bye guys.